Welcome to this week's episode of the Voices Heard Lives Empowered podcast from Power. In this episode, my colleague Jordan speaks with her father-in-law Mark. Mark is a 53-year-old gentleman who lives in Nottinghamshire with his wife Donna. Mark has a physical disability that has a profound impact on his daily life. He also suffers from anxiety and depression. During this episode, Mark is frank and open in talking about his disability, the care that he receives and the impact that COVID-19 has had upon him and his family. Mark also talks about his hobby of gaming, which helps him to escape from the struggles that he has in his life. We hope you enjoy this episode. Good afternoon, Mark, and thank you for joining us on today's podcast. You're welcome. Um, would you just like to tell us a little bit about yourself? What would you like to know? The fact that I'm 53 years old and disabled. Okay, so were you born with the disability? No. No. I, uh, about when I was 14, when I first started getting problems with my back. Because you've got... just gradually got worse. So, how has your life changed over the last few years with the conditioning your back? I'm now not able to do anything like physical. Okay. So, do you do you feel that you get enough support from people in relation to your disability with your back? Not really. It's like you've forgotten about me yeah. help you with it and then shove you in corner until you ask for help again. Okay, so what, what support have you received so far? Uh, back in 2015, I think it was, somewhere around there. My wife, Donna. She's, uh, she got in touch with Adult Social Care from, through uh, Nottinghamshire County Council and they moved us into a bungalow because we were living in a two bedroom house and I couldn't get upstairs so basically I lived in the dining room downstairs Okay. they managed to get us a bungalow and you, you've received no other support from from them, no no care reviews. No, I've never had a care review. Never had a care review. The other options are by uh, they put us some like long longer steps for handrails and everything up to the back door, and this is all through the council. They told the council to do it, and they've um, widened the bathroom door and the bedroom door What more do you think could have been done to support you during this time? Um, if they if they actually contacted me and said to me, you know, do you need any more help? Is there anything else we can do? Or, but they don't. It's like once that job's done, once you've asked for that job and that job's done, that's it. It's like right, bye. Till I ask again, that's it. Okay, so you've got no allocated worker to help support you if if needed. That we thought we had. But then when we ring back, it's like, no, 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 it's done now until you ask again. 
so I don't know how it works. Have there been any external organisations other than Nottinghamshire County Council that have offered you support? Them not all. So you say you, your wife Donna is your is your main carer. Yeah. And how, carer. how does that how does that make you feel having your wife be a carer? It's a bit of both worlds actually because it's a lot easier with it being my wife because obviously I'm not as embarrassed when it comes down to the the embarrassing jobs that she'd need to do. But on the other hand, it, it makes me feel like I have a job now, I've got a husband. So, with in relation to the COVID-19 situation, how have you been bearing up with the lockdown and restrictions that have been put in place? Not very good at all, because it's like cabin fever, I'm stuck in house all the time. Because what I, do, I could do, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've got a struggle with anxiety and depression and everything because obviously not being able to do what I used to be able to do I mean stuck in like relying on other people all the time yeah. but uh, when it comes to going out before I, I struggled to get out anyway because of my anxiety but now even what I could do has been took away because obviously I can't go out so is there anything that's making the current situation more bearable for you? What, is there anything, what do you enjoy doing? Um, mainly I'm on my computer all the time. What are your favourite games? Ark. Mainly Ark. Survival Evolved. And then what we're now playing, Seven Days to Die. I hear that you've got some good teammates on Ark and Survival Evolved. You tried Evolved. to pick yourself up like you know. <laughs> Trying to make out that you're a good gamer. <laughs> MLG, Mark, MLG, you yeah, know me. You know how it is. <laughs> so, do you find that gaming makes the situation a little bit more bearable? Yes, definitely. Well, it's a different world, isn't it? Because it's online gaming, it's, but it, you tend, I, I tend to struggle then because if you're in it too long, you start to feel like you're real. Yeah. What what aspect of the gaming do you think helps? Is it the the communication with with outside people or the escapism? It's a bit of both, it's a bit of everything. Because like, there's people I wouldn't. I mean, I, I you know I talk to you and whatever, you, but it's like I wouldn't normally get that unless we're constantly on phone together or yeah. visitors or stuff like that. But there's that side of it, and there's also the side that I can do things on here that I can't physically do myself. Okay. So in, in relation to the, the building and... Yeah. Not in relation to taming T-Rexes and Argentavises. <laughs> oh, I can do that in real life. <laughs> so, other than your gaming, what, what helps you keep a positive mindset? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you think I've got a positive mindset? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have to be fair. But Donna's really good. I mean, she's all positive and protective and what have you. But it, it comes a time when you can't rely on the same person. So, I mean, she's my wife. She's going to say these things. Yeah. 
Other than oh. Donna, is there anybody that offers you emotional support? Well, to you. <laughs> I'd take your other half, but nah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to that one. <laughs> Supportive as a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> but there is family. Yeah. But they've got their own lives to lead. You know what I mean? It's, you can't say, but what about me? Because it's they've got their lives. They've got children. They've got houses to run and everything. And it's not. It doesn't feel as important as everyday life, even though to me it is. It wouldn't be for them, and I understand that it wouldn't be for them because I know how what it's like to run a house and kids, and so I know how much work they've got on. So, are you saying that sometimes you feel like you can't talk to anybody because you don't want to? You don't want to put extra pressure on them. Well, yeah, I don't like to ask for help. Those the times it things things start to struggle a little bit. Yeah. So when you're in those times, what helps? What techniques do you use to to come out of them? I don't really know. To be honest with you, I put some music on, get a piece of paper, and start to draw. Going to my own little world. Okay. Any, from there. any particular brand of music that we like listening to? Bit of everything. I'm, I like the eight. of the restrictions do you think for you personally that's going to have any sort of positive impact like with the fact that the, the grandkids can now come and that family can now do the social distancing visits I think that will have an impact or is that something that you think wouldn't wouldn't really make much of a difference it will because obviously I miss my grandkids but uh, my thing is I'm I'm struggling mentally because I don't think it is over. I don't think you should be lifting restrictions yet. Yeah. I think there's going to be more to come and it's not going to be a little bit, it's going to be a lot. Do you think the restrictions are being lifted too soon? Way too soon. You've been self-isolating as well, haven't you? Yeah. So That's you, you, your wife and son have been isolating because, because of the high risk factors and how how is that getting with the only sort of external conversation you were having was obviously through the the gaming was that having any sort of detrimental effect on relationships because you were all closed in for yeah we got a bit well i got a bit to snappy because obviously i feel like i'm causing the problems but instead of it being because i even though i know it's my me that's getting aggravated. You fire out at other people, even though I know it's me that's getting aggravated because I can't get out of this house and all that stuff, but to get out on them because it's uh, the easiest thing to do. You don't blame yourself, do you? No. No, we, we tend not to blame ourselves, do we? We're just very hard to admit that we're not always right. 
Well, no, because I'm perfect. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't think there's been a time on record when either of us have been wrong, so when it happens, I'm sure we'll admit well, it's, it. It's, it's not very often I'm wrong, but I'm right again. <laughs> <laughs> so, through, through COVID, have you had any sort of support, like your water, when the water was cut off, have you had any sort of priority? Oh, yeah, that was nice. I had 7% dropped and off some uh, crates of bottled water. Okay. So that was quite nice on them. You know, with the care hours that they've got in place for like your main supermarkets and everything, how do you feel? Do you feel that they work? That they're no, something that are accessible? There's been times when, I mean, because Donna tried it. Donna tried to go out at the times when they said. Yeah. And she still ended up waiting for God knows how long. And no disrespect, but that's the time when she mainly has to do my bits and bobs, yeah. like, in the morning. And it's like, well, well how's that supposed to work? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, not for one minute am I saying that the NHS haven't... I mean, they've definitely uh, they've read in this situation, but it's not just them. There's other people as well. And it's like everybody else has forgotten. Yeah. So, the external professionals that you've had dealings with throughout your your time when with your back have you found them to be helpful have, have they always been approachable or has dealing with them led to anxieties mainly through their approach with you well with the um, adult social care they're brilliant they can't do enough you know i mean they hardly talk to you everything brilliant, you know what I mean, it's, they know how you feel, that's how, how it feels when they're here, but like I said, they, it, once the job's done, they cut you loose, yeah. but when I had my um, reassessment for my pit, no, that was bang out of order, because I, I get all tongue-tied and can't really think straight because of my drugs and because of my anxiety and everything, so everything all of a sudden comes like everything's trying to happen all at once and I can't control anything. We had a, an assessor come and Donna tried to help me answer his question and her exact words was, um, I'm speaking to him, not you, which I didn't find. So, I mean, just don't do that. Yeah. She was doing, and she literally, she didn't say anything out of turn. She wasn't snappy or anything. And then obviously they reassessed my pip and I didn't get what I should have got. Yet the chap that come this last time when I were reassessed, instantly he were like, well, why haven't you got the IRA? And I'm like, well, they said I couldn't have it because I could make my way to the local shops on my mobility scooter. Whereas I, I'm think having a mobility scooter classes you as needing help. You know, when it comes times to have your assessments of needs and everything as as the individual that's that's being assessed and having this done how does that make you feel it makes you feel like you're under a microscope basically okay and you, you're made to feel like uh, you're being tricked into answering questions wrong because even though obviously i've got problems because obviously i mean i'm out on morphine and everything so it affects your brain you're bound to get some sort of effect yeah. but when they're trying to trick you because I'm not stupid I, I know 
when they ask you a question and then they ask you a question in a different way hoping that you answer it differently you know what I mean it's like well I understand the fact that they've got other people out there that are getting it when they shouldn't be getting it but I don't mean everybody is so you don't shouldn't be treating everybody with a blanket type it's like they've got a certain way of asking things and if you don't go that way they, then they, they oh no I can't do it because I've got to ask him this question next but they ain't got a brain for themselves So th you've not had pleasant experiences then? <laughs> not really, no. No. And, and I was told that I'd got to get a job, um, told that I'd got to go for a medical at Chesterfield and there were 86 steps. If there was an emergency, would you be able to walk the 86 steps? No, obviously I can't because like, I wouldn't be able to get down those steps at all. Oh, well, we can't do your interview then. We'll have to wait until we can get a downstairs room. It's like you're made to feel like it's like your fault. It's my fault I'm ill. It's got to be my fault I'm ill. So that's how they make you feel. What input have you had with your back over the years? So it started when you were 14, you fell over? No, I stepped off for a curb and landed flat forward. Okay. Jarred my back and not been right since. So what treatments have you, have you had, have, have any been remotely successful to offer any sort of relief? I had, um, I've had operations, I've had decompressions, they opened me up and did a fusion and found out that it was causing more pain because it was touching a nerve for my kidneys or something like that. So they took some on it out, or all on it out, I can't make my mind up because they said they can't see it no more. I've had all sorts of, I've had a nerve block, that worked, it worked for about four years, but then it come back with a vengeance. Okay. Then, um, last, what, last treatment I had was an uh, epidural, and that, that's how I've ended up where I have not been right since. I was better than what I am now before that, but obviously, now I'm stuck. But it's not their fault, I mean, they, you did say that there was a chance it wouldn't work and explained it all to me, so I took that chance, I was prepared to take that chance, rather than sit being in pain. Yeah. That's, obviously I'm still in pain, so it don't really make no difference. So you're on quite a, a high dosage of pain relief daily. Yeah. How do you, how do you manage that medication, what effect do you think it has on you? I don't manage it, Donna has to, because I forget that I've took it. Okay. Or I think I've not took it, so I've taken another one. Uh, so Donna has to manage my medication. Um, and it's not, the feeling's not nice once you've took it. I don't, personally, I, I don't like talking to people once I've had it because it's like I'm a zombie. Does it help with the pain at all, or is the pain just, just constant? Well, the pain's constant anyway. All it does is it makes you say you don't care about it. So what techniques have you come to make that more bearable on a daily? Is there anything that you do when when it's really bad that just eases it a little bit? Any like self-taught techniques? Uh, not really, other than sitting here playing on computer games or drawing. Okay. It's to just take your mind, you've got to find a way of taking your mind off it. 
So have you tried any like therapies? Has any therapies been offered to you? I was under the pain clinic at King's Mill Hospital and they gave me a course to go on um, back, it was called Back Into Control oh. and it was quite good to be fair, it gave me something to do and I, I was getting out of ass and going down there every Thursday I think it was, whatever day it was, it was like you were there from a certain time, it gave you that bit of Obviously, it's uh, an invisible illness, as in you've not. Yeah, I ain't got a pot on my leg, so I've, I've yeah. definitely got no wrong with it. And that's how it feels. It feels like everybody thinks, oh, what's up with you, Mitchie? Because, because due to the fact that I can't get a bar, I've put a pirate weight on. Okay. So I might go on diets and I'm waiting for to see if I can have an operation for a gastric band or whatever they're wanting to do. But uh, it makes you feel like people are looking at you and saying, well, it's because he's fat. That's why he's in that wheelchair, it's because he's fat. That's how you feel. It's, so you don't want to go out because that's, I don't want to feel like that. And do you think that's linked to your social anxiety? I'd say it is, yeah. I think, hey, everybody looks at you. Everybody. Don't it? Whether they're looking at you and feeling sympathetic or looking at me and thinking, uh, get out road, you know what I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what they're thinking, but it, it's a constant, everybody's looking at you for some reason. I appreciate the, the people that are sitting there going, oh, don't, come on, you come through and all that stuff, but I don't want to be treated any different. Yeah. But at the same time, it don't mean I want to be stared at and called a cripple. And have you experienced any detrimental impact oh, because of your, because of your condition? Well, I mean, we do all the shopping at Asda, I mean, and uh, like the amount of times I've been in there and people are staring and you can hear them touching when they're stuck behind me because like, they can't get by quick enough because everybody's in a rush. This will be for all lockdown business, but uh, it gets you to the point where you don't want to go. So I'm getting to, I've got to a point now where I'm like, I don't know. And you think that's that's taking away your independence is the fact that people's what you feel are, are judging. Yeah, definitely. Has there been any positive interactions or impacts? 
I can't remember any to be honest with you. There's that many bodies, it, it just blanket. If there was, I, I would I'd have forgot it because there's that many bodies. So, who would you say you mainly play with, me, Donna? Yeah, mostly you, because Donna's busy. And when she's not busy, she comes up. And you think that's good, good for building and forming our relationships and stuff? Uh, are you? Are we in a relationship? <laughs> There's something wrong if they, we were, weren't there? <laughs> We'd like to take this opportunity to thank Mark for coming on the podcast and sharing his story. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to leave a review on iTunes, we'd be very grateful. You can also leave feedback on the Power website at www.power.net. That's power spelled P-O-H-W-E-R.net. Thank you for listening.